The Colts are in an advantageous position to draft the best players available this spring, but there's already some popular targets forming. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Thanks for joining and making us your first listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks, which is the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. What is up, party people? This is Jake Arthur from HorseshoeHuddle.com, and I'm joined by a special guest today. I got my guy, Jay Robbins. Uh, you know him from, he's a writer from The Blue Stable, and he's also an analyst and podcaster over at Draft Nerds. And we were rubbing elbows all week last week at the Senior Bowl, so we've got a, a, a pretty good look at a lot of these guys that we're going to be talking about today. Uh, but we're going to be looking at primarily the draft today, uh, looking at some offensive and defensive guys that we really like specifically for the Colts. Uh, these will mostly be early round guys, not necessarily all first rounders. Uh, and then in the third segment, we're going to round it out talking about guys who were really eager to see their combine performances. Uh, some of these guys, we see it every year, their, their stock flies up after they blow the roof off of Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, so whether good or bad or just guys that really, really need a strong performance at the Combine, uh, we're going to focus in on some of those guys. And it's all going to have a bit of a Colts flavor to it. These are pretty much all guys we could see wearing the horseshoe. So, uh, man, Jay, welcome to the show, man. First time. Jake, it's an honor to be here, man. I listen to the show all the time with you and Zach. It's amazing. Also, I got to say, I love the intro sound. Just oh, yeah. phenomenal soundtrack right there. Always gets me hyped up. It's actually what plays in my head when I wake up in the morning. So, not gonna <laughs> yeah, lie, it's pretty that. important. Wake up, dinner, nana, nana. Oh, it, it, it slaps hard. But no, welcome to the show, man. It's it's good to finally have you on here. Uh, so let's talk about some offensive guys. Now we know. Let's just look at pick fifteen, for example. This draft is really top heavy with offense. Like it looks like there's going to be a ton of offensive guys linemen skill position guys quarterbacks all kind of shoved up above the colts which is great for the colts if you're looking for explosive playmakers on defense you're, you're going to have a lot more options there at 15 than you probably would have guys who are traditionally going to get drafted in the top 8 10 12 uh, but let's just focus in on the offense real quick because i do have it broken up in terms of guys who are realistic and then guys who are long shots and then you know quarterbacks and Marvin Harrison Jr. They're not even on the board here because that ain't going to happen. Uh, but let's talk about some of your realistic offensive options for the Colts there around pick 15, maybe second round as well. Yeah, absolutely. There's not a whole lot of offensive guys that you can really say, oh, they're guaranteed going to be available at 15. Just like mm -hmm. you said, it's not really that class with so much offensive to class. Like there's so many offensive players just going really early this draft class. I mean, we're not going to get Marvin Harrison Jr., you're probably not going to get Roma Dunze or Malik Neighbors. So after that, if you're looking at 15, maybe you go Brian Thomas Jr., the wide receiver out of LSU. He has been very, very interesting to watch. Great deep threat as well, which I know uh, 
I know we absolutely love our vertical wide receivers right now. So he'd definitely be one to keep an eye on. But mm-hmm. the one that we've all seen mocked to the Colts recently is Brock Bowers, tight end out of Georgia. Now, I would absolutely love for him to be there at 15. I'm not guaranteeing that he will be, though, because he is one of those few blue chip talent prospects in this draft class. Mm-hmm. The problem is he plays tight end. The only blue chip talent I'd say that is a non-premium position in this draft class. So there's a chance he could fall, especially considering how tight ends have fared in early round one in recent years. So he's definitely one to keep an eye on. Uh, outside of that, I can't see them going, you know, offensive line round one. Uh, there's not a whole lot of wide receiver prospects I'd probably take as high as 15 unless the Colts are looking to trade back. Yeah, the same here. That, that's why I have on my long shot category, Roma Dunze and Malik Neighbors. Obviously, those are probably guys that are going to be gone within the first 12. Yeah, of course, you, you hope so at least. Uh, but then in, in trade down situations in the back end of the first round, these are guys who are long shots just because I don't think the Colts would be investing that early of picks in offensive line. You got you know your Jackson Powers Johnson from Oregon, Graham Barton from Duke, who was supposed to be at the Senior Bowl but wasn't able to be there. Um, I mean, those are guys who you can see a role for the Colts eventually, but it's just that high up. It's just probably not going to happen. I mean, w- would you love to see one of those guys at, at center a couple years down the road? Sure. But it doesn't look like Ryan Kelly's ready to hang him up. He's under contract. So I just don't see it happening. Now, maybe you bring him in and be a, be an upgrade over like Will Fries, who's played outstanding football for, you know, for a bit, but. Yeah, just, I just see those guys as long shots. And really, the guys you mentioned are about the only ones I could see. You know, I, I feel like Brock Bowers is kind of the early fan favorite. That's who everyone's kind of circling. Uh, Brian Thomas, you mentioned. Adani Mitchell from Texas. Another Texas kid, Jatavian Sanders, if you're looking a little further back. Uh, if you want a little more value at tight end, I guess. He's not Brock Bowers, but you're not going to have to take him at 15 either. Um, but off offense this really has just shown me that i just don't really see the colts going offense in in the top 15 you know uh, again potentially if you move down the border a little bit but so many of these options seem not unrealistic but just unlikely like the value isn't necessarily there compared to what other positions are likely to be available when you look at corner or edge defender or things like that i mean we'll get to the defense in a second but i i, I don't know are are you are you, what's your temperature on the cool team and going offense early? I think they can definitely go offense early, but just not 15. Like that's right. like we said, trade back. And then day two, especially would be a very great spot to get any of these wide receivers. I mean, we're talking Roman Wilson, who at the senior bowl was very, very impressive route running was mm-hmm. very crisp. He's got pretty good size and he's a definitely a vertical threat. We saw him nail some amazing deep balls. Uh, Ricky Persall, I know he's one of your personal favorites right there yeah. out of Florida. He's one of my pure Sunol favorites. <laughs> Good, right? Jake, your dad jokes are impeccable as always. <laughs> that's that's what I'm here for. Honestly, that's why they pay you the big bucks here. Uh, but <laughs> Persall, yeah, he would be a very, very interesting one, especially with that familiar, familiarity with uh, Anthony Richardson. Uh, 
Ryan Flournoy was definitely the biggest riser from the senior bowl. And I've talked about him yeah. ad nauseum on the blue stable. I've gotten two articles that have already gone in depth on him, but mm -hmm. yeah, the small school guy from Southeastern Missouri state was just That's right. dominant in some reps and cool. He fits a lot of what the Colts are looking for at all three levels of the offense. Yeah. And Southeast Missouri state corrected me on Twitter when I, their their abbreviation is S-E-M-O, and I said S-E-M-S or whatever when I was talking about him at the Senior Bowl. So if the Colts draft him, which, again, I'm 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 very pro them drafting him a little later on, I'm going to have to work on that, and i got to be in the good graces of the Southeast Missouri social team. Uh, but guys, coming up here in a second, we're going to go ahead and flip the script and talk about the defensive side of the ball. Are you the kind of driver who likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner? Well, our friends over at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. Let's just look at the 2024 Nissan Rogue, for example. It's perfect for city drives and great escapes. It's got class-exclusive Google that's built in. It's your always updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Gone are the days of connecting your phone. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. The 2024 Rogue is the perfect mid-size crossover for your next adventure. Nissan's incredible lineup also includes the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. It's got room for up to eight. It's got an expansive cargo capacity and advanced available 4x4 capability. And with 284 horsepower and up to 6,000 pounds of towing, when adventure calls, the Pathfinder is right there to answer. Take the Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. ShopNissanUSA.com. All right, let's look at the defensive side of the ball because I'm, I've been looking around at some people's top 50, some mock drafts and everything. Right there where the Colts are at 15, it, it seems like there is almost this 90-degree turn of defense, and it's crazy. Like the, the Colts lucked out so much to have so many needs last year be able to get their quarterback at four, but then you turn around a year later, you're picking right smack in the middle of the first round. And there are, there are position players that you're not normally going to be able to get because they're almost always going in the top 10, but the Colts could do it this year. You've got really talented edge rushers, which people have always said you have to draft and develop those guys. You can't, they don't hit the open market. You have to draft them. Uh, cornerbacks as well. Really good cornerbacks. Same, same kind of thing. Those cover corners, it's a premium position. They always get snatched up. So you're looking at that. Even, even some interior guys, we've started to see those, those really talented interior guys. Now those ones are made in a lab. You know, your, your Jordan Davises and Jalen Carters of the world are going top 10, uh, but still really talented interior guys nonetheless. The Colts, number one, at this point, I'm going to be really, really surprised if they don't trade down in the first round unless one of their horseshoe blue chip guys like a Brock Bowers is available. But you look at this edge rusher, Dallas Turner, Lyatu Latu, a guy we saw in, in Mobile, Jared Verse, Chop Robinson, interior Byron Murphy, you know, in, in the secondary, crazy loaded, uh, Terry and Arnold, Quinion Mitchell, another guy who stood out, Cooper DeGene, Nate Wiggins, Kool-Aid McKinstry. Like, I can't imagine the Colts just sitting there and saying, we'll just take whoever our top-rated guy is. They're going to scoot back a little bit, and they're going to recoup some extra picks. That's that's My crystal ball tells me that's what's going to happen. 
Well, I don't think your crystal ball is lying to you at all right there. That is a typical Ballard move. If mm-hmm. he sees a tier of prospects that he doesn't have one really higher over the other as a clear-cut favorite, he's going to move back. He's going to recruit more draft capital, especially if we can get some extra day two picks would be huge mm-hmm. in this draft class. Jim Nagy himself of the Senior Bowl said, once they start getting into like the rounds like five, six, seven, yeah. this class really, really drops off. So getting as much like rounds two through four picks as possible would be very, very impressive, though. Chris Ballard might see that as a challenge of, oh, you think that there's not enough talent at the rounds five through seven? All right, I'm going to find someone from out of nowhere, Tarleton State, and he's going to be a future starter for me. That's the Jalex Hunt from Houston Christian this year. That's my that's my <laughs> EJ speed level guy this year. Uh, but no, man, like let's just say that you are Chris Ballard and you're not going to trade back. You have your pick of the litter of like all these guys that I mentioned and and maybe even some that I didn't, that might be on your radar. Let's just say like, who are your top few guys that you're really targeting there? Well, personally, I'd definitely be targeting some of those corners. I mean, Terry Arnold is right now my cornerback one. He moved past uh, his teammate, Kool-Aid McKinstry. Uh, mm. Kool-Aid we'll talk about later, but he needs a big combine to really address some of his concerns. But there's him, uh, Cooper DeJean, if you want a guy to be either a corner or a safety, you can use really either help. He'd be the safety one in my class, and mm-hmm. you can make a case for cornerback one for sure for him. Quinion Mitchell was dominant in the senior bowl, and oh, he really, really fits the Ballard mold, especially. Yeah. Uh, the pass rushers, I'm big on Dallas Turner. Layatu Latu, he also has some amazing uh, tools in his arsenal of pass rush moves that would be very interesting to watch for like a just straight-up situational pass rusher to get after the quarterback. He had more pressures than almost anyone in college football over the last two years. I think that counts for something for right. <laughs> a pass rushing profile. Yeah. Well, but yeah, this is a phenomenal spot to want defensive talent at 15 and to move back, like, let's say anywhere from four to eight spots, you're still going to be very comfortable getting one of those guys who you absolutely love. And then there's some sleepers who we didn't even mention, like uh, if they move back to Vondre Sweat at nose tackle, I know he doesn't quite often fit the Ballard uh, prototype, but if we wanted someone to really back up Grover or replace Grover, that would be a phenomenal pick there. Uh, Jerzon Newton could be someone who's there at 15 who Ballard might be really interested in without trading back. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is just a very great spot to be in for Colts fans. Yeah, I would throw Byron Murphy uh, in there as well from Texas. I, I mean, that's a guy I think in this scheme, I, I mean, of course he was next to Sweat, but in this scheme, he could perhaps be your your guy that backs up you know, Grover. I mean, if if Eric Johnson doesn't pan out, I mean, obviously you don't really go into it with that plan, but you hope Eric Johnson pans out. Taven Bryan was kind of miscast in that role a little bit. I don't, I think they were kind of forced to play him there. Uh, but no, there there's definitely some some really good interior depth there as well. Darius Robinson, who's that? You know, Missouri. Well, second round maybe more appropriate if he blows the roof off the combine, which he very well may. Then, you know, the end of the first is going to be perfectly fine he's like such a ravens draft pick because everyone might say right now like eh, i don't know but then if the ravens get him there near the end of the first everyone back like, oh my god we let him do it again you know what i mean like 
yeah, I think he could fit into this Ravens Colts thing. thing. Yeah, he could fit into the, it's it's kind of like a Dio type of thing. Do you play him inside? Do you play him outside? It doesn't really matter because he has power, athleticism. He's got all of it to move around in the size. So that's a guy who's kind of a chameleon along the defensive line. And I, I could see the Colts going really any way with their first pick defensively. Maybe not linebacker. I mean, you're you're looking at like an Edron Cooper, maybe um, right around there. Cam Kinchins at safety, unless Cooper DeGene, if if they see him as a safety, you never know. Um, but those are positions I could see them maybe addressing in the middle rounds. But early on, I think you're looking at defensive line and corner. Yeah, and to go back to Robinson as well, we we have Taekwon Lewis right now as an unrestricted free agent, and he also similar to. Uh, Dio can play the three tech and he can play at the edge rusher, mm-hmm. but he's an unrestricted free agent. He's had his health issues, but he got past them this year and was very, very impressive. We'll see if we can retain him, but there's going to be a opening in that rotation for a three tech slash edge similar to Dio. Darius Robinson would fit that very well, especially with uh, both Dio and Quiddy Pay on expiring deals after this year, though mm. he does have his uh, fifth year option, but there's definitely a spot for him in this Colts team. Uh, and like you said, they could go maybe Edron Cooper, but that also just does not feel like the right value unless they really trade far back into the first round, maybe. Mm-hmm. But safety for sure could also be in play. Kitchens versus Dijon. Uh, maybe someone really falls in love with Tyler Newbin. I love him at free safety, but that feels more of a like, second round range for him. Mm-hmm. But, oh. There's, this is going to be a great class for the Colts to really address some of their needs. Yeah, it, we've seen in recent years a, a third-round pick is something the Colts are kind of willing to part with. And, you know, maybe they want to move up a little bit. We've seen it, you know, with Jonathan Taylor up in the second round uh, a few years back. So maybe if there's still someone they're in love with after they make their first pick, that's that's there before they pick in the second, they move up a little bit. We'll have to see. Uh, but coming up, guys, we're going to look at some players who we either expect to have a good combine performance or they really need a good combine performance. Uh, but nonetheless, it's guys who, you know, when you're looking at it from a Colts point of view, they're going to need to do something uh, pretty significant in order to, to be picked up. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar that you transfer in from another retirement account with a 3% match. That's right, no cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. This offer is good through April 30th. Get started at Robinhood.com boost. Subscription fees apply. And now for some legal info. Claim as of quarter one, 2024, validated by Radius Global Market Research. Investing involves risk, including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. 3% match requires Robinhood Gold for one year from the date of first 3% match. Must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. 3% matching on transfers is subject to specific terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC, is a registered broker-dealer. You expected me to go quick with that, didn't you? I take the time. Listen, I'm sure oh, Robinhood really appreciates that one, for sure. 
I hope so. I hope so. All right. So look at this. Let's look at combine performances. And I'll be honest. I, I thought a good reference for this would to be to go back to the last two Bruce Feldman freaks lists. Um, Bruce Feldman of the athletic. For those of you who don't know, every year he comes out with this freaks list of players who just big athletic, crazy guys. Essentially you're going to have a Raz over nine, nine and a half. Like these are all guys who might as well just punch their ticket to be Colts and look at through the last couple years. I mean, obviously not this year, but last year there was at least two or three Colts on there. Colts draft picks. Um, but obviously some guys that, that I saw on there and, and, you can either chat about some of these guys or even add in your own. But I expect these guys to kind of have big performances at the Combine. And their standing, it's either going to boost them or like solidify where they ought to be taken. Or, you know, maybe maybe there's kind of a log jam where they're ranked among their position and this will really set them apart. Uh, so Brock Bowers, obviously the Georgia tight end. We've already talked about him. But if he tests really, really, really well, that could probably push him out of range for the Colts because it's going to, it's going to validate everything people already think about him. And it's going to, they're going to bet on those traits essentially. I think um, another guy, uh, Kingsley Somatea, the BYU offensive tackle, another guy, Blake Freeland, uh, a lot of eyes were on Freeland last year, but Somatea was on the freaks list. Uh, the Colts could use a little more depth on the offensive line. I think you, you and I and, and Noah Compton talked about last week, if they added, you know, one more tackle and one more interior guy for depth, I think that'd be a really good idea. Ryan uh, Flournoy, we talked about, uh, that was a guy I really liked down in Mobile as well. A guy who defenders have to respect. They give him the cushion, but he destroys the cushion and he immediately gets past the downfield. And, you know, the Colts won explosive plays. That's a guy who I think is going to run really well. Uh, and then you kind of get, you get clumping some guys together. Uh, Chris Braswell, another mobile guy, Alabama edge defender, Jared Verse, Florida State edge defender, and Chop Robinson, Penn State. Uh, these are all guys I could easily see the Colts want to really aim for. Uh, interior, Byron Murphy, I mentioned, Gabe Hall from Baylor. Uh, and then looking at linebackers, Peyton Wilson, who is a guy who really showed off his range. Uh, we just saw him doing his thing in mobile. So as, as long as his health stays clean for the, these next few weeks, I expect him to perform really well at Lucas Oil as well. Uh, Trevin Wallace, Kentucky's linebacker, and then a couple defensive backs. Cooper DeGene, who is he a corner, is he a safety? Regardless, he's a defensive back. And then Notre Dame's Cam Hart. Uh, he was on the freaks list the last two years running. Uh, and then I think it was Sean McGinnis, when I had him on here, spoke really, really highly of how he feels heart matches the Colts and Gus Bradley system. I mean, absolutely. You just hit that right out of the park in terms of all those names. Cam Hart, I got to interview him as well. He would mm -hmm. be loved to stay in Indiana for sure. He has some roots here that he wants to stay here. And he definitely fits the Colts system. He is the stereotypical Gus Bradley cornerback in terms of size, profile, athleticism. I'd be really interested to seeing if we can get him in the mid rounds. That would be a very interesting pick. Uh, we're talking about guys who really need a big pro day to kind of get into that Ballard criteria because the Colts only go for basically elite athletes. The mm. lowest RAS that they've gotten from any draft pick in the last two years was Josh Downs at 8.99. That's, yeah. And that's a guy who, it's really only because of the size. 
Yeah, it's literally just because of the size. He was definitely in the speed category and had amazing agility for sure. So, and on top of that, pretty good explosive traits too. So, unless you're getting to nine Raz, you're very likely not going to be a Colt uh, under ballot over the last couple of years. There have been exceptions, especially if guys don't test well because of injuries, but it's very, very rare. Uh, so, guys who might be able to get into that upper echelon and really need it is Layatu Latu. As polished as he mm-hmm. is as a pass rusher, there are some questions of, does he have that higher-end athleticism? If he can answer those questions, I'd love for him to be a Colt. Uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry as well. Like, he was the top corner heading into 2023. But some issues with some questions, at least about his top-end speed and ability to cover deep because of that. Yeah, we need to see something from him to really get into that tier. and. If not, it might be a disqualifier versus some of these other top corners. Uh, then if we're talking about some offensive linemen, I'm really interested in to see how Dominic Pooney does and Javion Cohen as some possible day three guys or possibly like late, like round three. I'd be really interested to see if they test well and become Colts. And another guy who is a little under the radar but is the most controversial quarterback in this draft class is joe milton yeah he fits absolutely that freak of nature athlete profile that we see on tape but he needs to have that 9.5 ras otherwise it's going to be very tough to uh justify the pick especially earlier on in day three because he's a very raw quarterback and is still at age 24 as a rookie like He's had a lot of experience, but he still needs a lot of development. But the athletic traits are amazing, and you can run the exact same type of plays that you run with Anthony Richardson. And if Richardson goes down, you can run the same plays with Milton. So it wouldn't be the same as the Gardner Minshew situation, but at the very least, we'd have the same kind of run of fits. Yeah, yeah, I, I think Milton is definitely the diet, you know, mountain lightning version of, of Anthony, but I, I, I see what you're saying because I've mentioned the same thing. I mean, I, I I think I had higher expectations going into the senior bowl. And I don't want to kill guys for not performing at a high level when you're mixing in and playing with guys for the first time. But I, I thought he probably had the roughest week among the quarterbacks when you look at, you know, who had the most to gain. But I think you're right. He de- He has got to have an awesome combine. Otherwise what people are betting on him for, which is those athletic traits. They're like, why, you know, where was this then? You know, um, cause that's what he really has to hang his hat on. So he doesn't even have to prove that he just has to stand on what people already think are his positives. If that makes sense. Um, and shoot the, the throwing portion, since it's routes on air and it's, you know, there's no one in coverage. I think he's got to have a, a, solid time doing that as well he's got to throw with accuracy anticipation timing um, all those things he does a better touch than i thought he would um but the scattershot accuracy is going to be a problem when throwing on air if, if that's what happens in indy yeah plus there was some really tough decision making issues that we saw mm-hmm. in both drills and especially in the senior bowl he had two interceptions that really baffled the entire media room if i'm going to be completely honest but mm-hmm. Hey, he's a developmental quarterback who you put in as QB2, QB3, 
maybe scout team, depending on who drafts him. But I'd be really interested to see if he can improve as a passer in these drills at bare minimum, because he's basically got nowhere to go but up with his stock if he does well with those uh, throwing. But beyond that, another guy who I'm kind of interested in seeing is Malachi Corley. Now, the Colts kind of already have their slot with Josh Downs. But Downs has shown some of the ability to go outside a little bit as well. And Corley just gives you this yards after the catch profile that is very, very interesting to watch. I'd be excited to see how he tests. Uh, Another guy who I'd also be interested in is... This is going to be a little uh, a little controversial, I'd say. Uh-oh. I don't know if you're ready for it. Let's hear it. Uh, well, I'd be interested in seeing how Patrick Paul would do. This giant tackle who mm. definitely has this long reach, big size. Yeah. Uh, some people say he's round one. Other people are saying that he's going to be round two. I heard some talk that because of his issues against speed at times, maybe they could see him going round three. I frankly don't see it, but ooh, he definitely intrigues me if we're thinking long-term at right tackle in particular with mm-hmm. Braden Smith's issues uh, staying healthy this past year. I personally would not want to go for tackle in rounds one and two, uh, but he definitely is an interesting one to keep an eye on for the Colts profiles. Yeah, he feels like kind of a, a Darius Rush type of situation to me. Like, uh, sure, probably, you know, like third round or so would be the the more commonly appropriate range for him. But if, shoot, if he's there in like round five or something, because I mean, round three, you, you maybe don't want to do it. But if he's there in like a round five or he's just sliding and it, you want to stop the slide, it's it's a really talented guy. That's kind of how that feels to me. And again, you you got one talented swing tackle last year. But like you mentioned, Braden Smith, you don't know how much longer. I mean, he's dealt with a lot of injuries, um, and, he, and he's got a high price tag. I'm, I'm not conveying that they should get rid of him or move on by any means. But, I mean, football is a violent game, and this is a guy who's, whose body has gone through a lot. So uh, it's always good to have insurance because we've seen really bad backup offensive tackle play before in, in recent years. So you know how that goes. But, yeah. Jay, thanks for coming on today, brother. Uh, this was a good one. We'll definitely have you back before the draft. I knew after we were watching the Senior Bowl all week together, I had to get you on soon. Well, it was a pleasure and an honor to be here, my friend. Uh, I'm looking forward to coming back on again. This is going to be a wonderful time and for the Colts fans to really enjoy this draft. Maybe see if some of these guys are going to be running around in Indy, network a little bit, talk to them as well. Like, it's going to be a fun time at the combine and the draft for sure. Absolutely. So everyone here in a few weeks, uh, you know, the combine coverage, I, th- I think Zach will probably be here with me covering the combine. Uh, if you liked what we did last year, expect more from that. Obviously expect more from Jay and the guys over at the blue stable and draft nerds. And with that, I'm going to tell you guys about another cool thing going on. That's locked on has launched the first ever national sports, 24 seven streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. And if you don't already, follow at Locked On Colts, at Jake Arthur NFL, and at Zach Hicks 2 on Twitter, 
Also, be sure to subscribe on YouTube and wherever you listen to podcasts. We would love your ratings and reviews as well. And with that, we will see you guys tomorrow.